This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. And so I just love does. I just want to talk about, what is it? Love is. Love is. And then the rest of it. Always thankful. It's always thankful. But I'll tell you, we're learning something in God's word that really is a life changer. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will magnify him. And uh, I've used this before because I, whoops, I was grabbing my microphone there, wasn't I? It's meaning to grab my magnifying glass. They both magnify things. Microphone magnifies my voice. Magnifying glass magnifies, wow, you know, everything. You know, and you can get a splinter out the magnifying glass because you can see it, you know. You know what else a magnifying glass will do? It's amazing. You go outside, what can you do with it? You can start a fire, you know. But where the scripture says, it says, I'll praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Like, uh, have you ever had a microscope? I, my mom and dad gave me a microscope when I was a kid. And a microscope is pretty amazing. It has magnification, all these little magnifying glasses. And, and you can take a little slide with just a little drop of water in it, you know, from the creek out there and put it on there. You don't see anything until you turn on the magnifying glass and you have all kinds of life moving around on that slide. And it says here, I will praise the name of God and I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him. How? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Because see, a microscope, it causes the invisible to become visible. And we magnify the Lord, not with uh, a magnifying glass, but we magnify him. We bring him into focus. We cause the invisible God, who's invisible to most people, and they don't even believe there is a God. But through the giving of thanks, we bring him into clear focus and we bring his blessings and his healing power and his miracles into clear focus through thanksgiving. Thanksgiving magnifies and brings God really into clear focus and that which is often unseen through the giving of thanks becomes seen and becomes real and relevant to you and to uh, those who are in your sphere of influence, really a life changer. Let's read that one more time. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. That's so powerful. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bull which has horns and hooves. And you know the ox and the bull were sacrifices that the Jewish people would make to please God. And, and uh, we're reading right here that the giving of thanks pleases God a whole lot better 
than offering him a bull, you know, offering him some kind of a, a, a burnt offering or a, a sacrifice of some kind is so much more pleasing, so much more powerful. Yeah, I did. Who, me or her? I was. How about that? Thank you. Thanks, Rocky. Thank you, Rocky. I didn't think I could hear myself. At least it right. wasn't my microphone this time. <laughs> Boy, we But that makes me wonder, did I have it unmuted when I was singing down there? How come you got her turned up louder than me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rocky. Um, Psalm 9, verse 1 says, I will give... We should start all back over there yeah, now. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart, and will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Read that again. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my now, heart. Now, wonder what percentage that all is. 100%. 100%. With all my heart, I will give thanks to you. Now, is there a difference between all your heart and half of your heart? Does that look full? Looks full. Overflowing. Oh, it's almost kind of rising above the rim there. Is there a difference between these two glasses? Just think about it. Which one represents you? You know? Which one represents you? It says, I'll give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. How much of your heart do you give thanks to God with? Oh, well, I, I give him a little bit, you know? Or do we give him all of our heart? Well, we'll clarify this in just a moment. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. What percentage is that all? 100%. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Or are we telling people of, of the things that God has done for us and he's done in our life and what he's done in this world and how he's touching other people's lives. Do we do that? Well, let's, let's read that verse again, but let's read it in the Message Bible. Verse 1 says, I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. Well, is there a difference? Okay. This, you know, is there a difference between this? Are you thanking God this way? You know? Or are you thanking God this way? Oh, wow. What happened? It overflowed. It's not full anymore. Is that full? Okay. Now it's full. Okay. He says here, let's start again. I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. From a full heart. And a full heart can overflow very easily. But uh, this don't overflow so easily. And this may represent you. And, and, and you may be thankful and you may have a little God in your life. But there's no overflowing that really is taking place. Okay, let's read that again. 
I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. I'm writing the book on your wonders. I'm writing the book. I don't know if you ever thought about writing a book. But the things that God's doing in our life, that's worthy of writing a book about, surely is, or a prayer journal. Just the things that God's doing in your life. You're, you're writing down every day, you're in your prayer journal, you're praying for such and such and such. And there's a brother who was just talking to me a couple of days ago. He was looking in an old prayer journal and he was seeing what God had done in the past. When you compare the past to the present, it's like, wow, God's been on the move. He's been doing some pretty amazing stuff. And we're recording it. Maybe you're not making a book, but the record of it is it's very inspiring. Uh, let's continue there. I'm whistling. Anybody hear a whistle? Can you whistle more than just a... Let's try Amazing Grace. That's not bad, but we should practice. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm impressed. Now, Susan and I... We, you know, have always prayed and worshiped together. And I remember there's lots of times when I would whistle. She'd be singing and I'd be whistling. Now, uh, did we ever figure out why that was? Yes, we did. If you've ever noticed, James has a good bassy voice when he sings. He can sing really low. He can sing high too, but he sings really low. He doesn't get that from him. He gets that from me. And so if I pitch a song, it's too high for him. And, and so oftentimes, I mean, it's too low for him. So he would whistle instead of singing because... Because I had to go into the basement to sing with her. And oftentimes when he pitches a song, it's too high for me. So like even that one song we sang, I'm like, nope, I need to, I need to go down lower. I can't hit those high notes. So uh, yeah, so he whistled often when but, he couldn't hit those notes. That's right. And, and, and it is a musical instrument you can carry with you, right? For sure. But it's hard to sing and whistle at the same time, you know. But it says, I'm, I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. I'm writing the book on your wonders, and he is wonderful. He is absolutely wonderful. And as we start documenting and recording what he's done, we become full, you know, genuinely, and... I'm whistling. I'm whistling. Laughing. Laughing? <laughs> you ever laugh? Yeah. Did you know laughter is one of the healthiest things you can do for you? Did you know the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine? That's, that's the Bible. So it's healthy for us to whistle. It's healthy for us to laugh. And jumping for joy. And jumping for joy. Now that, you're exercising your body in the process of that. But I know I've seen a lot of you jumping for joy. When someone made a touchdown. Or knocked a home run. Or touche, you know, right in the, you know, won the game. And people jump for joy when they're excited. And we have so much to be thankful for, don't we? Yes. Genuinely, we do. Let's just zip through that one more time. I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. I'm writing the book on your wonders. 
I'm whistling, laughing, and jumping for joy. I'm singing your song, hi God. I'm singing your song, hi God. Do you sing very much? Not just at church, but at other places. And some people say, well, I just don't have a voice that sings. You don't want to hear me sing. But the Bible says, 100 Psalm, and it's easy to remember, make a what? Joyful noise. Make a joyful noise is what it says. So if you define yourself as, well, I can't really sing, you can still make a noise, right? And you can make it joyful, you know? So I'm singing your song, High God. My God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. My God is an awesome God. And we need to be full of his wonders. And we need to be full of, of the giving of thanks. We really do. And, and it's real easy to overflow when you're full. It really is. And, and it changes things. It brings God into view. And his blessings into view. And the miracles. And, and all that he has promised. It brings it into view. And people who can't see God can see God when you and I are overflowing. Genuine. That's just the way it is. Let's continue here, if we can, in Colossians chapter 2, verse, oh wait, it's not full. Make sure it's good and full. Is that full? Okay. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving. Whoa! Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving. And when you overflow, it becomes obvious to everybody. And everybody wants to laugh, you know. Or, or they might want to whistle or jump for joy. But when you overflow with the giving of thanks, what does it say there? Let your lives overflow oh. with thanksgiving for all he has done. Has God done enough to merit you overflowing with the giving of thanks? Yes. Or is it kind of like what America does? We just take one day. We thank God on one day, and then the other 364 days, we don't thank him anymore. We complain. We complain. And groan and moan and bellyache, you know. No, we need to always be full. You understand what I'm talking about? How many of you have a tank? And you should be thankful. You should have your tank full and be thankful. I made that up myself. <laughs> okay, where was we at here? Let's read it one more time. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. That is so amazing. If you really took the time to think about it, he's done so much. And, 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 and we have a tendency to forget, don't we? We do have a tendency to forget those kinds of things. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And he said, don't let that be your stimulus, what inspires you, or what, you know, you, you come under its influence. He says, because it leads to debauchery, which that means wickedness. You know, that, that's talking about corruption, it's talking about dishonesty, it's talking about immorality. 
So he said, don't do that. There's something a whole lot better. Instead. Instead of coming under the influence of that, which leads you astray, he said. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. And when he says be filled, because he wants you to overflow. He really genuinely does. Out of our innermost being, you know, flows the rivers of living water. The Bible refers to as being the Holy Spirit who is in us. Let's continue there. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms. Hmm. Psalms is a wonderful book in the Bible. And uh, there's so many of them. In Psalms chapter 40, verse 2 and 3, and Susan and I... uh, began to sing this song when we were teenagers, to be honest with you. And, and this is what the scripture says. And if you know it or want to learn it, let's just sing this song to each other right now. It says, He brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and he established my goings. He put a new song in my mouth, even praises to our God, many shall see and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Now, has God ever taken you out of a horrible pit? Yes. Out of the pit of our sin and the pit of our past, you know? And, and he has brought a wonderful transformation. Oh, and you got to always remember, stay full. You know what I'm saying? You got to just stay full so you can overflow. That's, that's what God wants us to do. We, we've read that. He said, let your lives overflow with thanksgiving. And he didn't say just do it once a year. Oh, it's great that we remember to give thanks once a year, but we need to do it every day. 100% of the time we need to overflow with thanksgiving for all that he has done. Uh, so let's, let's, let's continue this. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns. And hymns. It says speak to each other with psalms and hymns. Now, we sang, we whistled Amazing Grace. But you know, when you sing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. scriptures tells us instead of being under the influence of something that leads us to corruption he says instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms which we did and hymns which we just did and songs from the spirit that's just the songs that the spirit gives you you never heard that song before and then he says sing and make music from your heart to the lord and that's what he wants us to do i love you lord and i lift my voice to worship you Joy, my King, in what? 
sweet, sweet sound in your ear. So, what we were talking about. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And then. Always. Now, what percentage is that? 100%. Always. Giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Now, what percentage is everything? 100%. 100%. Always. Giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Do you have reason every day of your life to give thanks to God? Yes. You really genuinely do. There is many reasons every day of our life to give thanks to the almighty God for everything. Now, you don't have to thank God for bad things. It doesn't tell us that. There's a scripture in Thessalonians, which we'll read in just a wee bit, hopefully. But it says, in everything, give thanks. How many of you have ever had a flat tire? How many has had a flat tire this year? How many has had two flat tires this year? Three? <laughs> Give me four. Four? Okay. All right, last night, the brother, he's had two this year, and his last one was like last week. You know, we go, I ain't giving God thanks for no flat tire. Well, number one, a flat tire could have saved you from an accident. It could by the delay, but like, if you had a flat tire, you can say, thank you, Lord, I've, I've only had one flat tire this year. You, you could have had ten. Do you know what I'm saying? Is there always an opportunity to give God thanks no matter what's happening in our life? Yes. Sure it is, because it could always have been worse. And don't ever say, well, it couldn't be no worse than that, because you can be proven wrong, right? Yes. But let's give thanks. The things weren't worse than they really are. Anyhow, let's continue on. This is one of our Always favorite give. verses. How many times do we share this verse in a year? Probably a thousand or so. I don't know. And, and she's not exaggerating. Uh, every time we talk to someone about anything, usually this verse comes into play. We, we can't help it. It just comes into play. It gives us such inspiration and such you know, direction. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Mm, don't worry about anything. Don't, are there things right now that has a tendency to get you worried when you watch the news or you see what's going on in our world and things like that? Is there anything that could inspire you to be a little bit worried? There's a lots of things there, you know, but he says, don't worry about anything. God knows what's going on. Instead, pray about everything. So he gives you an alternative. You have, well, I just can't help it. Yes, you can. He says, don't worry. Don't worry because worry usually leads to complaining and so forth and so on. He says, don't worry about anything. What's that next word? Instead. Instead, pray about everything. Now, what percentage is that? 100%. 100%. He says, pray about everything. And then... Tell God what you need. Now, he, he just said, pray about everything. And that's great big general prayers. But then he says, tell God what you need. That is 
be specific. Some people go, well, you can't be really specific with God like that, you know. If you need $18.53, you can tell God, and I'm not teasing you, because you will be absolutely shocked and blown away when somehow or another God provides you $18.51. And you go like, wow, there is a God in heaven who knows my individual needs. And we can be specific as we pray for one another and pray for our kids, pray for our future. And God wants us to be specific. Don't worry. Pray about everything. And then he says, tell him. What does it say? Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Don't worry. Instead, pray and be specific. Tell God what you need and then thank him. Thanking God brings God into view and brings his promises into view. The miracles happen when God is brought close and he's brought into view. And it talks about thanking him and we overflow. Thanksgiving and praise are very similar. And the Bible says that God inhabits. He comes into view. He moves into the praises of his people. When we begin to praise him and we begin to thank him, he comes into view and he inhabits us. And that's where it becomes real to us. God provided me $18.51. Praise you. You know every little detail. He says he does every hair on your head. You know, that's what he says. And, and he does. And he wants us to be specific when we pray. And then here's the key that just unlocks everything. And it brings God into view and his blessings released upon your life. It says, thank him for all he has done. Oh, do you think he meant to say thank him for half of the things he's done? No. Oh. And what percent? That's a hundred percent, you think? Thank him for all he has done. And if we were thanking God for all he has done, there's a lot of things he's doing that you're not even aware of. Many of you didn't see that fantastic, glorious, wonderful, beautiful sunrise, was it? Mm-hmm. If you go to Faith Living Church, Facebook. Facebook. Just turn on for a second. Leave it on for like five minutes and you'll go, wow. Because it's in, in from the top of the mountain this morning as we were praying. And then it was behind us the whole time we prayed mm-hmm. until about the time we got done. And it's just like, it just closed back up. Mm-hmm. There's things that God does in your life that, well, it would take all of our time if we thanked God for all. When's the last time you thank God for your eyesight? When's the last time... You thank God that you can hear or you could actually fill your lungs up and be satisfied with breath. And when's the last time you thank God for the the foods that we have that years ago only kings could have foods that are available to us because they would send ships around the world to gather things. And and so if we thanked him for all the things, you know, that, that little ache stopped, you know, when we prayed about it, he was like, Anyhow, he tells us, thank him for all he's done. If you do this. If you do this, don't worry. You pray about everything and and you tell God what you need. And then you thank him for all the things he's done. If you do this. You will experience God's peace. You will. You will. And that's one of the things we deal with so much of our life. People go, I just don't have any peace. 
I just, I just don't have peace. I, I, I just don't have any peace. And if you'll study the word peace, peace also includes wholeness of body by his peace. If you read Isaiah, you know, it was talking about physically as well as spiritually and emotionally and mentally. And, and, and he says here, if you'll do all these things, you will experience God's peace. Not just read about it, but you're going to personally, it's going to be relevant. You're going to experience, it's going to be revealed to you. You're going to experience his peace. Which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace is going to guard. It's going to protect your heart. His peace is going to protect your mind. That's what he's telling us. It will, his peace. And we know how to get his peace. I'm not going to worry. I got to do something, so I should pray about everything. And be specific about my prayers. And then I should just thank God for everything that I remember that he has done for me. And he says, if I do that, the peace that passes all understanding is going to guard my heart. It's going to guard my mind. I'm not going to think, you know, fearful, worried, you know, discouraging kind of thoughts. Because his peace is guarding me. Colossians chapter 3 in the Message Bible says, Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. Let the peace of Christ. And we know how to get the peace. You, you don't have peace when you're worrying. But if you pray about everything instead of worrying, and then you tell God specifically what it is I, I need you to do, and then you just thank him for all the things he's already done, he says his peace will guard you. His peace will guard you. And, and he, Susan just read this. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. Is it important in being in tune? Yes. All the strings on your guitar should be in tune with each other. And, and then there's this harmony. There's this beautiful music. And all the guitars should be in tune with each other. And they should be in tune with the keyboard. They should all be in tune, and it makes something that's fantastic and wonderful and beautiful. And, and it says here, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune. It's the peace of Christ that keeps us husband and wife in tune. Moms and dads and, and children in tune with each other. A church family. It's, it's God's peace that keeps us in tune with each other. And you, you know one of the powerful scriptures, and we share it every week when we go up on the mountain and, and pray for people uh, and all. And it tells us there in Matthew, if two of you, do you remember who said this? Jesus. Jesus said, if two of you agree on this earth, Concerning anything that you ask, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. Jesus said that to us. Can you imagine that? That's talking about being in tune with each other. Let's continue. Let's read that and continue. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. Hmm. In step with each other. You know, marching together, we're, we're, we're united. We're going the same direction at the same speed. You know, that's how Jesus wants us to be yoked up to him. And you, 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 you get the young ox and the old ox, they're in step as they're plowing, pulling the yoke, pulling the plow. They're wearing the, the yoke there. And, and he wants us to be in step with each other. Let's go ahead. 
None of this going off doing your own thing. He says, be in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, keep you in step with each other. None of this going off and just doing your own thing. And then he says, what? And cultivate thankfulness. <sighs> cultivate thankfulness. Bringing Christ into view. Bringing his word and his promises into view. You understand cultivate? Susan and I had a garden this year. And we've, we've had gardens on and off and on and off and on and off. And up until this year, now I don't know if you like squash, zucchini squash, yellow squash, crookneck squash, straightneck squash. There's all kinds of spaghetti squash. There's a butternut squash. There's all kinds of squash. But up until this year, we had had one meal of squash out of our garden. And one plant would usually provide you many meals. But this year, how many meals of squash do you think we had? I don't know, 20, 30. We froze some. And we gave a lot of it away. Why do you reckon that happened? We cultivated our garden. We, and I didn't use a plow or a tiller on it this year. Is that true? Mm -hmm. On the upper part, I did not. But we did cultivate it, and I installed this little thing. It wasn't very expensive. This little drip tape where I could water every, not, not 80%, but 100%, I could water every plant underground at the roots. We worked really hard to cultivate our garden, and we were able to water every plant from the roots. It didn't matter if it rained or not. Because I could water it any time I wanted to, and I have this other little gizmo that I attach to it, and I can send an organic liquid fertilizer to the roots of every plant in my garden. And I would say this year that our garden, what would you say? It was amazing. And it thrived. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it was abundant. So when the Bible says, cultivate thankfulness, huh? Cultivation makes a difference. You can cultivate thankfulness. You, you, you got to think. You, you understand that to be thankful means to be thankful. You have to think about what, you know, God is doing so you can be thankful and, and you can overflow. When you're thankful and overflowing and being thankful. But lots of people don't really think very much about what God's doing and they're Rarely thankful, you know. So, cultivate thankfulness. Think about it. What do you have to be thankful for? And cultivate this thankfulness because it brings God into view and his blessings and, and his miracles and his healing power and his provision. It brings it in close where it's released and it's relevant to, to us. Okay. There's a legend about Satan's barn of seeds and in his seed barn there was a man that visited him one day and as he entered the seed barn he saw one huge pile of the same kind of seeds and he asked Satan he said why do you have so many of this seed and what seed is it and Satan said well if I can get this seed to grow in someone's heart then I can get any other kind of seed to grow there as well and he said, well, what kind of a seed is it? And he said, it's the seed of discouragement. 
And when the seeds of discouragement begin to grow in our hearts, then other kinds of things can be sown in our hearts that, that are not good for us, that are not healthy for us. And, he, and then Satan made this statement. He said, but there is one place that the seed of discouragement will not grow. And the, it got this man's attention. And he said, well, what place is that? And he said, the seeds of discouragement will not grow in the heart of a habitually thankful person. So thankfulness is a, it, it helps us to build a fortress against discouragement. It helps us to cultivate thankfulness. Because what do we do to all the bad seeds that start growing in our garden? We pull them out. We pull them out. Don't allow discouragement to grow. And as we're thankful, and, and all those weeds are gone, you know, and doesn't choke out things. Isn't that amazing? Even with you and I, I mean, at times when I may tend to get discouraged about something, Ronnie will always say, what do you have to be thankful for? You know, that's his automatic response is, what do you have to be thankful for? And so then focusing on what I'm thankful for uproots those seeds of discouragement quickly and puts my focus back on God and his goodness. And the weeds don't take over. That's right. We don't want the weeds of fear and doubt and worry and anxiety. We don't want all that kinds of stuff coming in upon us. So we're going to continue here in Colossians 3. And we just read, let's just start here and continue. Okay. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other, none of this going off, doing your own thing, and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ... Let the word of Christ... The message have the run of the house. You understand the run of the house? If you have a pet and the pet has the run of the house... While you're at work or something, they can do anything it wants to do at your house. You know, if your your kids have the run of the house or you invite someone and they've got the run of the house. Well, it's saying here, it says, let the word of Christ, let the word of God have the run of your house. Let the word of God have the run of your life. Let it control. Uh, let it umpire if you would everything goes on in your life and in your household let the word of Christ have the run of your house your household is what he's telling us here let the word of Christ the message have the run of the house give it plenty give it give it is talking about the word of Christ give it plenty of room in your lives are you giving the word of God plenty of room in your life you know, we, we come together, we sing about it, we, we study about it, we try to apply it, and then we go home, and every day what we do, are, are we letting God's Word have the run of our, our house? Are, are we allowing Him to control every little thing in our life? You know, think about that. Give God's Word plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing with your hearts to God. Hmm. Sing. That's what we've been trying to do a little bit here today. And many of the scriptures that Susan and I know, and we've been memorizing scripture for probably 50 years. 50 years. A lot of the scriptures we memorize, we memorize by learning to sing them. We'd sing scriptures, scripture songs, and they're still with us to this day. 
You can sit down. There's other keys that we know how to memorize scripture, but so much that we memorize, we memorize it singing the scriptures, did we not? Yes. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Thanking God. All that we just read about letting God's Word have the run of our house, everything we've read about His Word, you know, giving it plenty of room in our lives and let it instruct us and and direct us, giving us um, common sense. And, and, And He says, and sing your hearts out. Every detail of our life, our words, our actions, everything we do, it's telling us to be thankful. Giving thanks to God in the midst of it all because, you know, as we give thanks to God, it brings the invisible, which God is invisible to most of the people. You know, they don't even believe there is a God, but it brings him into focus. It brings him close and his promises become a reality in our life and can be in our house and in everything that we do. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. Hmm, Devote, which means dedicate yourself. Give yourself to prayer is what he's saying here. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. Being watchful. Being watchful. Are are you ever watchful? I thought I was supposed to close my eyes when I pray, you know. So I can pee, you know. He says, devote yourselves, give yourselves to prayer, be watchful. The, the word watchful is talking about being alert. Are, are, are we alert what's going on? Are, are we alert to cultivate thanksgiving in the midst of our, our praying? He says, be watchful, alert, be, be observant is what he's talking about here. Uh, attentive and, and vigilant. So give yourselves to prayer, being Vigilant, be, being attentive. And be thankful. Hmm. And be, that word thankful keeps popping up. Most everywhere where we hear about prayer, it's the key. It's like the key that cranks your car. It's like the, the key that opens the door of your house. It's like the key that, that brings God into focus and his promises released into our life. This giving of thanks where we begin to overflow and it becomes obvious to us and everybody else around. Begin to overflow. My cup runneth over. Psalms 23. We begin to overflow with the blessings of God. And it don't take too terribly much work to keep yourself full. And when you're full, you can overflow. But if you're not full, you rarely overflow with thanksgiving when you're not full. Okay, let's continue on here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Evermore. Rejoice forever. Always, all the time. Rejoice. What are we going to do if we don't rejoice? What's our alternative? Complain. Belly ache, complain. Don't you think it's a little too hot in here? You think the coffee we used to have was better than the coffee we had today? I thought the coffee today was really good. (laughs) But we have a tendency, if we're not going to give thanks to God, we're going to complain about something. We've got to talk about something. Is that true? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean, without ceasing? It's just like, say, 
breathe without ceasing. That's it. Heartbeat without ceasing. Never stop. Because everything we do every day of our life, we ask the Lord to watch over us on our drive to work in the morning, right? We ask the Lord to, to bless the food he's provided us with. We ask him to give us wisdom. As we spend time in his word, there's not only is there things that we can be praying about and, and also being full of Thanks. thankfulness and thanking. And that's part of our prayer. Thank you, Lord, for watching over us. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for providing us with this job or, or these resources. There's always something to overflow with thankfulness about. Rejoice evermore. That's a, that's a short verse that they could memorize quickly. You know what? That's the whole verse. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.16. You want to remember a verse for today? Memorize it. Rejoice evermore. Say that with me. You got the whole verse. That's the whole verse. You can tell people now, like, I learned a verse of the Bible today. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice evermore. And what does evermore mean? Forever. All the time. Forever. All the time. 100% of the time. And then they can learn verse 17. Pray without it's, ceasing. It's got three, ver three words in the next verse. Pray without ceasing. You can memorize two verses today, and it's only five words. How about that? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In verse 18, in everything give thanks. In everything. That's 100%, right? And, and let me give you a word that makes it more real. In everything. In every circumstance. You have circumstances in your life that you don't really feel like being thankful for. But in the midst of whatever's going on in your life, if you be thankful, you're going to overflow. Oh, you got to stay full, though. You just got to be full. Just document. Remember the things that God is uh, quite full now. I don't think. Am I full yet? Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in now, Christ Jesus. Lots of times people, I just need, I need to know what God wants me to do. I, I need to know God's will. The quickest way to get, somebody's getting water all over my notebook there. Oh, man. The quickest way to get in the middle of God's will for your life, it says it there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning... Concerning you. Concerning you. When you begin to be thankful, full, you're smack dab in the middle of God's will. You may have not been in God's will for a year or two or ten. But when you begin to, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. I recognize you gave it to me. Thank you for the things that you've allowed me to have and, and, and to you. Thank you for what health I still have left. You know, thank you. That puts you smack dab in the middle of God's will. And it won't be long before you'll begin to see his will in all the other areas of your life. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In experience, God is your provider, which is a book. The a book. author and financial expert, Brian Cluth, explains why we can truly be thankful, even during job losses and financial stresses. You see, explains Cluth. 
The great news is that God is bigger than nations. Yes, he is. God is bigger than economies. He is. God is bigger than stock markets. Yes, he is. God is bigger than currencies. Yes. And God is bigger than job markets. That's right. When we begin to understand this, we don't have to live in fear. You know, the Bible says God has not given you the spirit, spirit of, fear. of fear. But it comes to us all the time. So where does it come from? The devil. The enemy of our soul. You get fearful, you get anxious, you get worried, and you start complaining and all. But God didn't give us fear. He wants us to be overflowing with thankfulness. You got to keep your tank full. Remember to be thankful so you can be thankful. Okay. When we begin to understand this, we don't have to live in fear, but we can live in faith in a God who provides for us in good times, bad times, and in the in-between times. You know, once years ago when we were going down south to visit family, I saw a license plate on the car. And all it said on the license plate, it says, so much. And it triggered, because Susan and I know a song about that. And it goes like this. We've got a lot. We've got a lot. We've got a lot to be thankful for. We've got Jesus. We've got Jesus, we've got Jesus to be thankful for. We've got brothers who are strong in the Word and sisters who understand a family that is trusting in the Lord. And Jesus, to hold our hand, we've got a lot, we've got a lot, we've got a lot to be thankful for. We've got so much, 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 so much to be thankful for. Now. If we was to be honest about how much we have, we'd have to sing that for a few more days, just the so much part of it. Mm. But I saw that on our license plate, and it reminded us of this song. The part of the chorus is we got so much, so much, so much, so much, so much, so much. And you know what? Because we have so much, we're just going to overflow. Mm. And that brings God. When we overflow with Thanksgiving, it brings God into view, God into focus. It releases his miracles and his blessings in our life when we recognize how much we have to be thankful for. That's just absolutely the way it is. Now, you know what? We just finished. We didn't really finish that. We're on page five. I have 17 pages of notes today. I, I'm not, I mean, we've already gone through five. These, this is what I... While we've been away, um, we've been studying. And, you know, you study a whole, 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 whole lot, and you end up with a whole, 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 whole lots of notes. But we probably shouldn't do all 17 pages, should we? No. Let me tell you, it's life-changing. Mm -hmm. The things that I've studied is absolutely life-changing. But I do want to share a couple more thoughts here, and then we're going to let you 
you go. Um, can we share right there? Yep. No Americans were more underprivileged than that small handful from the Mayflower who started the custom of setting aside a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God. They had no homes, no government agency to help them build homes. They had no means of transportation but their feet. Their only food came from the sea and the forest, and they had to get it for themselves. They had no money and no place to spend it if they had any. They had no amusements except what they made for themselves, no means of communication with their relatives in England, no social security or Medicare. But they did have four of the greatest human assets. They had initiative. Yes. They had courage. That's right. They had a willingness to work. And they had a vast faith in God. A vast faith in God. A vast faith in God. I and mean, we, we, we have it on our money, and God we trust. You know, a lot of people are trying to get rid of that. We, we, we understand that. But a vast faith in God causes us to overflow. And that was what they did on this day that they chose to give thanks to God. And they had that conviction as they founded our country on one nation under God. And the pilgrims had a custom of putting five kernels of corn in each empty plate before Thanksgiving dinner was served. So as they was set, were setting the table, they would put five kernels of corn on each plate. Imagine if you did that this Thanksgiving day, that you put five kernels of corn on every plate. That's what they did. Each member of the family would pick up a kernel and tell what they were thankful for. It was to remind them that the first pilgrims were in such dire circumstances that their allowance was only five kernels of corn per person per day. And I've got, I was looking for it, I thought mm -hmm. I forgot it and lost it. I've got five kernels of corn right here. And I was asking, so I said, we should do this on Thanksgiving. We should put five kernels of corn. And you know what? We didn't have any bigger corn, so we used popcorn, you know. But them little blessings are important too, aren't they? And we were saying, well, if we were to do that, you really couldn't expect people to tell five things they're thankful for. I mean, one would be pushing the limit, maybe, you think? No. You think you can come up with five things you're thankful for? We've got so much. So much, 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 so much to be thankful for. And we thought we would do that this this year ourselves. And so we have these sealed little Ziploc bags, and we have hundreds of them. So when you leave, there's there's an usher that would hand you a bag. If you would like it, you don't have to take it. But can you imagine what would happen at your Thanksgiving table if, if there was five pieces of corn sitting there? And why did they have five pieces of corn? Because that was their daily allowance. The very first pilgrims, that was their daily allowance of food for the day. They had five kernels of corn to eat. Well, you think that would be very satisfying? I don't think so. But they were thankful for it. To be thankful 
the tendency would be to complain. That's all I got? Well, they saved a lot of it because the next year they had so much. And the next year they ate some, but they, they planted some as well. Philippians 2.14 says, In everything you do, stay away from complaining. Stay away from complaining. I don't know. Would you guys like to join Susan and me in a, a special giving, a gift to God? Okay, now, don't jump to conclusions. Don't think you know what I'm talking about. Don't jump to conclusions, okay? But this Thanksgiving season, we are going to enter into a fast. You know, fasting means you, you don't eat, right? Thanksgiving? No, not to eat. Don't jump to conclusions because you got it all wrong. I would invite you to participate with us in a fast. For the next seven days to join us in a fast. And we're going to fast complaining. <laughs> Give me that bowl of lasagna. Give me that turkey leg. Give me the cranberry sauce, those mashed potatoes. And you can have those, but we're going to fast complaining. We're not going to go negative. We're not going to complain about anything for seven days. Anybody think you would like to join us in, in that? For just seven days. And if you like it, you can carry it on for another seven days. And then it can be your constant companion every day for the rest of your life. And you're going to be bringing God into view because complaining steals our peace. It genuinely does. Complaining just lets the devil plant those seeds of discouragement. But the giving of thanks, he cannot plant seeds of discouragement in your life. When you are a committed, what was that word? Where you're addicted, what was that word? I don't remember. <laughs> the reason I'm asking you, I don't remember either. <laughs> Devoted? Devoted, maybe? I don't remember. Habitual. Habitual. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, habitual. That. <laughs> That's okay. We're real people. <laughs> a habitual giver of thanks, discouragement cannot take root. You're cultivating thankfulness in your life. So we're inviting you to be a part of fasting through the next seven days. It's like, okay, I'm going to fast. That means I'm not going to partake of complaining for seven days. Okay. You know you're going to slip and say something and go, oh no, I've done blow. If you blow it, just go immediately to God and say, Papa God, I, I am so sorry. I am so thankful for all you've done. You're forgiven, you're washing, and you get back on. Because the devil, if you blow it, the devil will try to condemn you and make you think you lost it all, but you haven't. Because it's going to, it's going to release such wonderful closeness to God as we become thankful. Oh, it's not completely full. Tank, tank, Over, keep your tank full. Overflowing. So you, so you can overflow with thankfulness. Absolutely. Well, our time is up just about. But I want Susan to read one little article that we came across. Francie Schwartz, in her book Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work, tells about a guy named Jerry 
who was always in a good mood and always had something positive to say. And when asked how he was doing, he would always say, if I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> Jerry was a restaurant manager who everybody loved to work for because he was so positive. And Francie said, I don't get it, Jerry. You can't possibly be upbeat all the time. How do you do it? And Jerry replied, each morning I wake up and say to myself, Jerry, you have two choices today. You can either choose to be in a bad mood or choose to be in a good one. And I choose to be in a good mood. Oh, it's not that easy, I protested, Schwartz writes. Yes, it is, Jerry responded. Life is all about choices. Well, so several years ago, Jerry's restaurant was robbed. The thieves panicked and shot him, and he was rushed to the emergency room. He spent 18 hours on the operating table and several weeks in intensive care, but he survived. And later she asked him how he did it. He said, when I was laying on that floor, I remembered I had two choices. I could choose to live or I could choose to die. I chose to live. The paramedics were encouraging, but when they wheeled me into the emergency room, I saw the looks on the faces of the doctors and the nurses, and I got really scared because in their eyes I read, he's a dead man, and I knew I needed to take action. And there was a big burly nurse shouting questions at me, and she asked, are you allergic to anything? Yes, I replied. And the doctors and nurses stopped working as they waited for my reply. I'm allergic to bullets, <laughs> I answered. And over their laughter, I yelled, I'm choosing to live. Operate on me as if I'm alive, not dead. And Jerry lived thanks to the skill of the doctors, to his attitude, and to the grace of God. And Francie Swartz says, I saw Jerry six months after the accident and asked him how he was doing, and he replied, if I was better, I'd be twins. If I was any better, I'd be twins. Much of life is determined not by circumstances, but by personal choices we make. Choices. I challenge you to make a personal choice and decide that you're going to rejoice and be thankful no matter what. No matter what. We'd like to pray <clears throat> right now because we're like just covered page four and we have 17 pages to cover this week. But we're not going to do that and then you'll be very thankful, you know. <laughs> They've got fritters to eat. <laughs> they got fritters and coffee. But we, we'd like to give you an opportunity to reaffirm your faith in Christ. If you've kind of drifted off and kind of become cold, and, and this kind of represents you, and you're rarely thankful, but you're always complaining and groaning about stuff, we want you to be full by reaffirming your faith in Christ and maybe declaring your faith in Christ for the first time and all you guys who are watching us online. So we'd just like just to pray right now and ask you to join us in reaffirming your faith or declaring your faith. 
Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And that's why you have given me your son Jesus. And that's why you have given me your son Jesus. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he died on the cross. To pay for all of my sins. To pay for all of my sins. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I open my heart. I open my heart. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. Into my life. Into my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. For loving me. For loving me. Forgive me. Forgive me. For all the times I have complained. For all the times I've complained. And help my life. And help my life. To overflow with thanksgiving. To overflow with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And one